Let us pray. Shatter the silence, mighty God, with your glad and glorious greetings. Banish all our fears and give us faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. If there is anything said this morning that is against your will, let it come to naught and do no harm. But if there is anything said from this pulpit this morning that is according to your will, let it be heard, as if sung by the voice of angels, that hearing we might believe, and believing be more loving. Amen. What would it be like for you? What would it be like for you to drive through the town that you grew up in? If you had a friend or a spouse or a child in the car with you, what would it be like for you to, to drive through that town? What would you tell them about? What would you be excited to share with them about your town? There used to be a, a candy store here. There used to be uh, uh, a place where we swam. That's where my best friend lived. Everyone said that house was haunted. That kind of thing. What would it be like to drive through your hometown, the place you grew up? Some things will have changed for the better in that town. Some things not so much. The same can be said of my hometown. Some things have changed for the better. Some things not so much. Some things haven't changed at all. One thing that hasn't changed, and I'm not sure it ever will, is a sign. A sign that reads, the future site of the VFW. (laughs) This sign is posted along the side of the road, alongside a stretch of trees, just on the outskirts of town. And that sign has been there in the same way for decades. The future site of the VFW. I'm so fascinated by that. Nothing ever changes. But someone wants us to know. It's the future site of something. Even though it's obvious that not much is ever going to change and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that long stretch of trees. Just the way they are, it's fine, but it's the future site of the VFW. Maybe it's the same with you. These days, there's an obsession with the future site. Walk into any bookstore and you'll see shelves filled with self-help books. TV shows are littered with experts on how to advance yourself and live your best life now. Advertisements on ways to change your weight and your mindset and your bank account pervade our screens. I am the future site 
of something I am not right now. Something better than I am right now. Now, the church hasn't helped much with that over the years. We've talked a lot about what is wrong with us. We talk a lot about sin. We start that way. That's what theology tells us. We have something called original sin. I'm sure you've heard of it and it has confused you. When we think of original sin, oftentimes we think about babies. How can they be sinful? This is where I found Richard Rohr's perspective of the original blessing to be helpful. Rohr points out that when God creates the world, he looks at it and he says it's good. And then he even says it's very good. It's a different starting point. A different starting point than the one that we've become accustomed to in the church. He says, when things go bad in the garden, God seeks out Adam and Eve. He wants to be with them. God is not concerned with how they are the future site of something. He just wants to be connected to them. Even in their mistakes. Look at how it goes with David. David, who's the youngest of his brothers and was out in the fields when the prophet Samuel arrived at Jesse's home, Samuel looked over all of the likely candidates and asked to look at the youngest and most unassuming one. Maybe you're unassuming too. He wanted David the way that he was. He didn't have anything to prove to God in order to be loved and chosen by God. He didn't have anything to prove to God in order to be loved by God. And neither do you. You might have something to prove to someone else. But God doesn't love you because you are the future sight of something else. God just loves you. There's this great story in part three of the Life Worth Living book that we're taking on as our congregational read this summer. At the age of 30, a woman we know only as Julian lay on the verge of death in her one-room chamber attached to a church in England. A priest at her side, she fixes her eyes on the image of Jesus dying on the cross, and she prays. And then Julian tells us she received a series of visions. Shortly thereafter, she composed a short narrative of her experience. She says, God showed me a little thing, the size of a hazelnut in the palm of my hand. It was as round as a ball. I looked at it in my mind's eye and thought, what can this be? And the answer came to me, it is all that is made. I wondered how it could last, for it was so small and may have suddenly disappeared. And the answer in my mind was, it lasts and will last forever because God loves it. And everything exists in the same way by the love of God. The hazelnut 
in the palm of her hand did not need to be anything else. It didn't have to prove itself. It did not need to be the future site of a tree or the future site of Nutella. Isn't that hazelnut? Yeah. It just was. And it was enough for Julian to note that God loved it just as it was. It was. We don't have to prove anything for God to love us. Hesed, steadfast love, solidarity with God. Hesed, the Hebrew word, it's one of the most common words in the Hebrew scriptures. Over and over again, that is the the beat that is trying to be driven into our hearts by God. When Jesus tells this story of the lost sheep, even when he has all the other 99 counted for, he, he tells us the story of the, the lost sheep and how he goes out, the shepherd goes out to find it. The sheep, it, it doesn't tell us that the sheep has done anything wrong. It doesn't tell us that the sheep has previously, previously proven itself to be useful to the shepherd or that the sheep was the future site of some prized wool. All Jesus tells us is that the sheep was worth finding, this one little sheep. You know, I almost started this sermon by saying this is the most obvious sermon to preach. And yet we never do. Jesus loves me, this I know. <laughs> it's, it's very difficult to embrace this idea, this notion. But it's from our embracing of this idea that we are loved and that we don't have to prove ourselves to God in order to be loved, that everything else can sprout out, that we can be something, be the people, be the community that God hopes for us to be. But if we're not rooted in that love, then what are we? We're very, very subject to the wind. It's difficult to embrace this. But it's a joy for us to know how God loves us even when we aren't proving ourselves to God. Think of it like this. Think of it like having a child that's learning how to write. Our little Lucy is six years old now. She's been trying to write things for about a year. She wraps her little fingers around a crayon and then taps it against her cheek. And she ponders one letter and then the next. Do you know what I mean? She strings the words together the best way she knows how. And then we try to decipher it. <laughs> Do you want to try? One time she wrote, this is an easy one. I love my, and then the letters, B-R-U-T-H-R, brother. Another time she wrote, I love, 
F-L-A-W-R-Z. That one's easy too. I'll give you a hard one. On this piece of paper, she's written, good job, good job, good job. And then she has these letters. C-H-R-I-U-G-A-N. C-H-R-I-U-G-A-N. Try again. <laughs> C-H-T-R-I, R-I, try, U-G-A-N. Again. <laughs> try again. Now, when we look over her writing, we aren't thinking of her as some future sight of a novelist or something. We aren't thinking about some future time that she will spell it all correctly. We aren't worried about it either. We aren't sitting her down and correcting her and demanding that she does it all right. You wouldn't either. It's a joy to see who she is right now. How her brain is trying to pull things together, right? She's our hazelnut, our small thing. Something we can hold in our hands and know how much God is in love. She doesn't have to be anything more. She is the future sight of something. We'll see what. But she doesn't have to prove to us what that is, right? Because we love her. This is how God is with us. God loves you when you are just a hazelnut. When you feel small and can't do much, God loves you when it seems, even to yourself, that you have become unlovable. God loves you when it seems like you've been there for everyone and you need someone to be there for you. God loves you when it doesn't seem like your parents do, or your children do, or your friends do, or your employers do, or even other Christians do. God loves you when you've fallen down and you can't do it anymore. God loves you when you haven't lived up to the sign that you've been carrying or that someone else has put on you. The one that says you will be the future sight of something special. Or the future sight of something profound. Or the future sight of something successful. Or even the future sight of the VFW. Though I doubt anyone here has had that sign stuck on them. Not like that little patch of woods in my hometown. A little patch of woods with some kind of defunct 
aspiration that someone else has burdened it with. I can't help but look for that sign every time that I pass through. Maybe someday someone will start building that VFW. Maybe it'll be the best VFW that was ever made. Maybe it will be filled with social events and get-togethers. Maybe it will be worth the wait. Maybe nothing will change. And we'll all wait around and wonder about when it is ever going to be what it says it's going to be. If it will ever reach its potential. Doesn't everything need to reach its potential? Wouldn't it be a shame if it didn't reach its potential? I should say that some of us really do need to have that question asked of us. One that encourages us to step up and help out and and give and serve. And that sermon will come from this pulpit and has. But maybe today, it's something else. Maybe today, the sign needs to come down. Maybe someone needs to hear that today. It's time for the signs to come down, at least some of them. The ones that say you're the future site of something. Just you watch. Just you see. I will prove it. Now. Maybe it is enough to be just the boy, David. Maybe it is enough to be just the small thing, hazelnut. Maybe it is enough to be just a sheep, lost or not. Maybe it is enough to be you. Maybe it is time to take the future sight sign down, if only for a day, if only for a minute, if only for a breath. Breathe it in. You are enough. God loves you. Amen.